and welcome to the sanctuary a safe space to speak from the heart i'm your host israel and my guest today is someone i've been dying to talk to logo designer baby giant author of books james martin thank you so much for coming to the sanctuary today mate it's um it's been a pleasure we've been talking about it for a little while now um but yeah i'm i'm excited to Get down and dirty, as they say. Yeah. We were, just, we were just talking about how common my name was, which is a good start. Right, 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 right. Um, what is the guy? There's a Chris Martin, right? Chris Martin in Coldplay. Guess, so what, I was my, like, guess what my brother's called? <laughs> <laughs> no joke. My brother is called Chris Martin. <laughs> oh, oh, no. that could be, that, we couldn't have scripted that that was fantastic right 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 <laughs> right so um like uh yeah you know what i'm just gonna dig in with sure. one of the new um one of your you have this post where you kind of like have a carousel mm-hmm. of like um I, I you know of like i don't know if i will, will call it words of wisdom or like advice or whatever mindset but, um, probably the, yeah <laughs> yeah 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 exactly that um the one is like the day my creative career changed for the better where you say like success is you define your success i was like <sighs> yeah yeah that's um it's i mean <clears throat> I, th- I don't think i think that kind of transcends any industry any any human to be fair i mean obviously i kind of angle it towards creativity and the creative career that I'm in because that's where I feel comfortable talking and that's obviously where my my family are my team um, and my followers and all the rest of it so yeah I mean I mean we've all been there we've all grown up you know I think you know it's a little bit it was a little bit different now compared to what it was you know when I was growing up there wasn't things like social media there wasn't uh, well, there was social media, but it wasn't really out yet. You know, I was still climbing trees and playing in playgrounds and, you know, playing one, two, three it in the garden rather than playing computer games or on my phone um, at the age of like mm. 10 to 16. So, um, but now obviously with the rise in social media, the access to seeing what everybody else is doing all the time, how they're doing it. I mean, there's this especially in the creative industry, and I'd say probably in many industries, there's this common uh, commonality happen where we're constantly comparing ourselves to others and comparing our success to others. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I, I used to do it. I used to look at people and kind of go, oh, why aren't I there yet? You know, and you know, especially a bit younger, not as, you know, wise, <laughs> inverted commas bunnies you know a bit less of a beard um you know it's kind of you know you kind of look up to your your you kind of your peers and the people that you look up to and you think oh you know look how great they're doing and why aren't i they're doing that good but you know obviously i'm a bit older now and over the last you know it's just a while now yeah probably five six seven years you know i kind of realized that you know success is mine to it's it's a metric that i can only use you know my success Mm. is compared to my success yesterday or my success the day before or the tasks i put in front of me do i want to be healthy do i want to what to do list am i have i got today you know and i think what happens is you know success for everybody's different for some people it's it's money fame influence for others Mm. it's you know, for some people, it's literally just waking up in the morning. For some people, it's just, you know, smiling. You know, success yeah. is, there's so many different levels of success and so many different ways people perceive success. And I think mm. I think it's such a dangerous, um, a dangerous road to go down is to compare your success to somebody else's success. Um, because as I say, we all have a different metric for what we consider success. You know, mm. I, I'm not a big... You know, I kind of work to live rather than live to work. You know, I, I work very hard, but, you know, I, I love having my evenings off. I love having, you know, my mornings off before eight o'clock in the morning. You know, I've got my weekends to myself. I try not to work at all. And for me, that's success. Success for me isn't going to work on the weekend and busting the gut and getting those extra hours in so I don't have to, you know, I think 
yeah, that it's all about balance for me. But again, I mean, it, success is individual, isn't it? So your mm. successes might be different from my point of success to difference from my mum's, from difference to my brother's, Chris Martin. Uh, and different... <laughs> don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and different from somebody else's. So I think yeah. as soon as, as, soon as yeah. we kind of learn to centre and balance a bit, you know, you yeah. do success become as, as soon as success becomes tangible, something you can actually record you know, metric mm. that you can actually kind of relate to, you know, well, I put a list down, did I achieve that list? Success, you know, yeah. rather than kind of looking at somebody else and going, I don't know why I don't feel successful because I just don't feel successful, <laughs> you know. It's, and when you kind of start to think about it, it becomes very clear that we should only be putting, you know, rules on ourselves and our rules should be our rules rather than somebody else's. Right. But, you know, there's all right. these memes on social media, isn't it? Like, to be successful, you have to work 24-7. Um, you know, I only sleep two hours a night. And I think, oh, Great. you freaking idiot, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I bloomin' love my sleep. Um, right, right, but Again, right. everybody's different. But I think I think what what's happening is this, like social media like the clickbait stuff it kind of glorifies or makes a hero out of this workaholic hustler entrepreneur and i think you can be all of those things but have a very balanced life you know but i think you know it's it's all for it's all for the click isn't it all for the like so um yeah that's that was a very long-winded point about my post yesterday no 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 <laughs> I, i'm gonna i'm just gonna jump in because like there was a you know it's like actually i'm going to ask the process of creating these things but before i do there was the one when you were talking about creating your passion versus like following your passion do you remember yeah. and like i'm actually going to read what you said if you what you would be if you were following your passion it's like a dog walking rugby player who tattoos and paints on weekends while drinking cocktails <laughs> it's true uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's such. I mean, it's another one of those classic questions. I mean, I've I've read a lot of books about it, and you know, there's a lot of talk already out there before I even approached it. But you know, following your passion is the point that do we follow our passion or do we create our passion? Whereas mm. I I start I'm I'm a big believer in like I think on the last slide I said you know passion is perseverance rewarded you rewarded know, you yeah know, i i was you know seven years ago i had only done a couple of logos it was not my passion at all but i've worked extremely hard at it um it's now my passion but it's taken it's taken a lot of pain a lot of hours a lot of time a lot of effort perseverance yeah. to get me to a stage where it's turned into my passion you know yeah. Like, like, like you said, like if I followed my passion all the way growing up, I was a passionate sportsman. I'm passionate about my dog walking, passionate gardener, passionate drinker. You know, all of these things I am. Do you know what I mean? So, I mean, it's, it's, it's another one of those kind of get out kind of clauses. You know, if you do wake up every morning and love what you do, that's great. But I think that is a passion. But that doesn't happen. Mm. Like you don't wake up in the morning and go, right, I'm passionate about this now. You know, yeah. because you might do it for a week and go, I freaking ate it. And that happens That happens so often. You can see it with a lot of people who, what I call magpie. So uh, what they do is they see something shiny and then they go and chase oh, it. And then they see yeah. something else shiny and they go and, they go and chase that. You know, what they think they're following their passion, but they're probably following trends. You know, and that's why mm. they do it for maybe a year and then go mm, not for me i'll do something else they think it's mm. their passion but it's not it's just something that's in fashion um mm. and that's why you know i i truly believe that passion does come from like perseverance rather than we follow it i think we lead it personally okay yeah no um so let's chris martin's brother <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, like James Martin, <laughs> so there's like, a famous chef called James Martin. So, I mean, it's. Oh yeah, my I'm, God! I'm, I'm going to have to. Um, I'm going to really have to speak to my mother after this. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so let's go back a bit, right? Like, did you grow up drawing? Um, and did you like go to art school? Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, I've always been creative. I suppose. Well, I, I say I wouldn't say I've always been creative, but that's something I've always leaned towards. I was never. I'm not particularly good at like maths, 
sciences. You know, I was more the on the sporty side and the creative side because they seem to kind of go hand in hand. So yeah, I was a very passionate sportsman. You know, county cricket, county rugby, uh, county other things. Oh, wow. um, so yeah, I kind of grew up as like a, quite a good sportsman. You know, captain of most teams. Um, but mm. then at sixteen, found girls, alcohol, um, you know, and, and general, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, general teenage boy. It was kind of like you either right, right, you either right, commit right, right. or you don't commit because that, that's sixteen. It's when you start to go into like the youth and the adult stage where you you know it becomes very serious. And mm-hmm. I was I much preferred to go out partying at sixteen than than kind of continue the sport. So I kind of dropped back out of the sport. Um, and yeah, kind of, as I said, I was, I was never the best at art, but I really enjoyed it, you know, somewhere where I felt, you know, a room with other people where I felt safe, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of my friends back then were kind of more arty and creative. So we all kind of got on that way. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's kind of something that's always kind of bubbled away at me. Um, and went to, uh, basically I had a really, <clears throat> I had a kind of, Slightly, when I kind of left home at 17, I had a bit of a, a drug problem, you know, for a couple of years, left home, um, and then literally woke up one day and, you know, thought, what on, you know, what on earth am I doing with my life, you know, kind of gone from, like, captain of sports teams, like, two years ago to, like, stealing drugs, wow. you know, and, you know, a really bad place, Um so I, I as it's like this, you know, this the whole kind of saying like you kind of wake up one day and you see the light, you know. And I don't know what that light was, but for me it was I need to change. You know, I'm not. It's not good enough. You know, I want to be more. So um, yeah, I'm not saying that that's the day I stopped everything. You know, it carried on, but I decided to go back into college. Like so, I did an art foundation. You know, because art was the kind of what should I do? I need to do something. Art. So art foundation, you know, it's kind of where <laughs> yeah. I felt safest. You know, I was never going to go and do like uh, rocket science or anything like that. <laughs> uh, um, or sing because I would have, yeah, Chris Martin. Um, God, but, you know, <laughs> stop it! <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, then, um, <laughs> sorry. Um, and yeah, and then, um, yeah, so went, to, did a years out art foundation then mm. from and basically that's where you kind of do a little bit of everything a little bit of graphic design a little bit of sculpture a little bit of fine art painting mm. sketching all the rest of it um then after that year my tutor kind of well the tutor teacher said you know i think you should take a look at graphic design you know because of my style of drawing was always quite neat it wasn't like I always wanted to be a fine artist, but I was too controlled. I liked being in the lines and all this kind of stuff and things to be mm. lined up. Um, so yeah, he said go into graphic design. And from there I did a HND in graphic design, then went to university for a couple of years to do graphic design or communication design, they called it. Um, but I didn't learn a lot there to be fair. Um, you know, people always talk about education should you be educated in design or should you not i mean i think there's pros and cons to both you know in -hmm. today's world you know i learn you learn so much more on the job and online than you would at university i personally believe but university does Mm -hmm. teach you things like hitting deadlines and um you know working with other people and communicating your ideas with a team you know that's all the stuff you get Mm -hmm. when you're in that kind of place um but yeah then uh, through that uni I thought you know I'm kind of digging this kind of idea so you know I'm talking early maybe 17 18 years ago it was kind of like I want to get a job so got a job in a local agency you know making tea you know doing (laughs) basically doing everything but doing it all pretty shit you know bad web design (laughs) bad bad (laughs) illustrate you know basically everything wasn't you know, I knew it was something I loved doing, but I just wasn't that good. You know, I was kind of given some roles with reference to within a project, but I never got to own a project. But, you know, stayed there for five years, got given more and more responsibility and then started Baby Giant about 11 years. We literally just had our 11 year anniversary, which is my oh, agency, nice. which I started up with my business partner ad um so he does all the web stuff i do all the creative stuff like branding and identity and all the rest of it um Mm. yeah and then randomly like 
started up made by James, which is kind of like my personal brand. And that was never, that was never meant to happen. You know, I was just posting, using Instagram, oh. posting pictures of my dog, you know, and of <laughs> fires and, you know, all that kind of stuff, which you think is really arty yeah. um, when you're five, six beers down. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, from, yeah, from there, just kind of, you know, started to gain traction, started to share my work and, People started to enjoy it, started to follow it. And that's now turned into a community of like close to 200,000 people now, you know, YouTube channel. I've got a book coming out in November. So, yeah, mm. from 16 year old to th- over yeah, 20 years, say, from, you know, c- you know, successful sportsman losing myself for a couple of years, gutter wise um and then yeah so it's taken me 20 years to kind of get to this moment mm. where i'm speaking to you about stuff so mm. um what a what a journey but it's my journey and um right. i'm not i'm right. not um i'm not upset about it i'm not um what's the word embarrassed about it um i think mm. i think owning it you, you your past can either make you or break you and i've pushed really hard you know i'm never gonna forget all the stupid shit that i did but you know i'm gonna make sure that i don't do it again (laughs) so yeah Mm. easy peasy Mm. yeah so james here's the thing though like what would you say you know because back then like you are the captain of the team as a teenager you are pretty much at the top you know of this guest pyramid that you're working on uh you're you're getting the accolades and the respect of your peers what would you see like sidetracked you from that like did you get boring or what well as in when i was younger yeah 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 back then yeah i mean i mean it kind of goes i mean i was you know i've kind of you know when I was 11, I was abused by one of my teachers um, when I was at school. Um, and I think at 11, I didn't really understand what was going on. And as I started to grow up and understand what was growing up, and obviously, you know, 16-year-old boys aren't nice to anybody. Um, so I started to rebel against, you know, authority, you know, because the person mm, that mm. I trusted um let me down in a really big way you know i had to go to court to put him into jail and all the rest of it because there were, he wasn't just me there was loads of other young kids as well which he abused mm-hmm. so um yeah i think i think it, for me it was probably just growing up and understanding that what i had been through was actually not right not you know because as a kid you're kind of like i mean i didn't tell anybody until i was about 18 or 19 after you know, I kind of went through the the crazy meltdown, yeah. druggy kind of problem, um, and that's when I started to open up to my f- my brother Chris, and then my mum and dad, um, and then oh, I almost got you. Then I was trying to make you laugh, but it didn't happen. <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost. Oh, I love it. Um, but as I said, like so, and as I said, it was kind of just going. I think it was. Mm. I think from that kind of what I would call a trauma growing up, you know, and holding on to it myself. Yeah. When I was getting to the age of 16, 17, and I, you know, you start to become a bit more confident, kind of a young man, you know, or you think you're a young man, but you don't really know anything still, do you? But I think that's mm-hmm. why I kind of just flipped rebel because I felt like I could, I felt like maybe I needed to, maybe I just needed to just not think about it. Um, and obviously... The vice that I chose wasn't a good one. Um, so, but I think kind of looking back at it, as I say, it's like almost 40 now. I think it was a, I think it was a period in my life that I had to go through to become this person, but that doesn't mm. make it right. Um, but I know now, I believe that it was due to what I'd gone through at my early stages. It kind of came out five or six years later when I was, old enough to compute the seriousness of it and then i was just thought shit you know i was gonna swear lots then i just went crazy off the rails like just rebelled against everybody didn't speak to my dad for two years you know it was kind of a quite a rocky 
Um, yeah, kind of very down time from, as I said, lots of stealing, lots of general misdemeanor rubbish, you know. Luckily, I never got caught for a lot of it. So um, otherwise, I wouldn't be here talking. My life would be very different. So, um, mm. yeah, I mean, I say I'm, open, I'm happy to talk about it now because I think it's important because I know other people go through similar stages and think there's no way out. But I think there's always there's always light if you can, you know, even in you know in the darkest rooms there is some light if you if you're if you're looking for it. Sometimes it's difficult, but yeah, I think um, yeah. I mean, basically, that's my life story. <laughs> mm. No, no, James. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and and you're right. There are people that you know maybe their life took a different turn or they had a similar experience and they don't even you know they've never even spoken about it or shared it with anyone. Yeah. But like hearing someone with you like that have have taken this trauma, changed your life around, and built what you've built. It's like if this person can do it, there is hope for me. So thank you for sharing that, and um you know and also thank you for uh finding i guess that levity through everything you know because mm. however you want to look at it is really really heavy right but you find yeah. a way to still like you know be you this yeah. happy smiling laughing person so so thank you for that no, um you. but here's the thing though even when you're going through that were you doing any art at all were you still drawing at all can't remember <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't remember two years, mate. Um, no, right, I, I said, right. as I said, I was kind of, I probably, no, I was, I was kind of doing bar work. I was doing factory work, and all of that was to kind of fuel my habit. Um, mm. So, but it was never. I don't. I wouldn't say it ever left me, but I, de I definitely stopped practicing. You know, I definitely stopped drawing. I definitely stopped creating art. Um, definitely stopped mm. talking about it. Um, you know, it was more about drum and bass and staying up for three days and then going to work and, you know, it was, um, yeah. So I think, I think it was always within me, but it, it just, it just escaped me, you know, it escaped mm. me for a few years, but I, I believe without art, you know, I wouldn't be here today. Um, it was something that I grabbed onto, um something that even at that time when I grabbed onto it, I probably didn't think it was going to be a career for me. I think it was probably just me being busy, taking my mm. mind off, being just yeah, being distracted from, you know, going out or doing other stuff. You know, for me it was initially a distraction, I would say, which turned into, you know, more of a belief in myself that it's something that I could possibly do. You know, I tried teaching, yeah. I tried tattoo art, you know, tattoo apprenticeships. Um, you know, there was, you know, kind of loads of different journeys in between that and today. So, but they're always mm. kind of based around, you know, art, you know, art teacher, tattoo apprenticeship, you know, obviously a big lover of tattoos and it was something, you know, that I was very passionate about <laughs> um so um yeah it was just a matter of i think it was what it did is it allowed me to start believing in myself and make me believe that i could possibly do anything if i started to put my mind to it you know because if i'd gone from that and then i got myself into college and i passed maybe i could get myself into you know an hnd and pass that which i did then mm. university and pass that then well maybe i can go and do this be a teacher maybe i can go and do that and as i said you know creativity life's a bit like this you kind of pivot oh should i go and try this should i go and try that but so over the last yeah yeah 15 yeah 16 years it's kind of been all graphic design based um mm. And it's, yeah, it's taken, yeah, it's taken a lot of, as I say, hard work, perseverance, but, you know, I'm happiest I've ever been. Mm. Yeah. So I'm going back to this. I'm calling them uh, Motivation Made by James. That's what yeah. I'm calling them now. Cool. I like so that. So one of this one was, <laughs> was um, this series of basically statements like, uh, You'll never make money out of art. You yeah. won't get a job covered in tattoos. And, you know, you have to wear a suit to a meeting. You know, yeah. hearing all those things, right? 
like d- did any of those things actually motivate you to start baby giant um being the character i am i always wanted i've always wanted to prove people wrong um ever since you know what happened um and i, th- I think it's well, that was the reason I wrote that post is because they, they, those have all individually been said to me, but I know they've all individually been said to other people in some form, especially creatives. You know, you know, when I was growing up, you know, art was a hobby. Do you know what I mean? It was something you do on the weekends with your nan, you know, but get a proper job. Mm. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, and obviously 25, 30 years later, it's a very different world, you know creatives are pretty high up on the food chain you know when it comes to uh, necessity and need you know everybody needs stuff creating um and obviously yeah. marketing advertising you know it's it's a huge industry um mm-hmm. so yeah i suppose the reason i mean as i said like i was told very young you'd never make any money out of art you know, obviously you've got a big love for tattoos you know you should never have any tattoos on show. You should always wear suits to meetings, you know, always be clean shaven, you know, all of these kind of things, you know. And yeah. you know, I think it comes from like a generational thing, you know, but times have changed a lot. Um, and I think a lot of people's perceptions of right and wrong have changed, you know, when it, especially when it comes to, you know, I think it's now like, are you good enough? Then it doesn't matter who you are, you know, what you do. Well, not necessarily what you do, but, you know, it's you know, kind of people's perceptions of what's right and wrong when it comes to work, you know, how you should present yourself have all changed. Yes, you've always got to be polite. Yes, you've always got to, you know, I'm not going to turn up to a meeting with no clothes on, you know, with like a big dick written on my top, you know, or whatever, <laughs> you know. But I think, yeah, I think it's all about people's, people are now believing in, you know, well, if they're happy and they're good at what mm. they do, why should they change? You know, maybe they're the way they are because they're the way they are. Um, yeah. And it's, as I said, it's something that, as I said, I think it's something, especially creatives, I think, have, and artists, I would say, yeah, whatever art that is, music. Mm. You know, I'm sure lots of kids growing up singing, playing guitar or piano or whatever, we're always told, you know, that's your hobby, go and get a proper job. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's the same with artists. It is, you know, enjoy it, have fun, but, you know, you're going to have to do something real one day, you know, mm. go and be a, a, a solicitor or a teacher or a, a doctor. It was always solicitor, a lawyer or doctor, you know, what is when it was like early, like mid 80s, early 90s. That's what everybody's it was aspiring to be. That was the top job, being a doctor and or a lawyer or something like that. So, but yeah, as I said, like times have changed, you know, people's perceptions of, you know, you know, I think. as I said it's a generation thing isn't it and I think you know our my generation our generation you know and our kids will have a very different upbringing to what is right and what's wrong through what we've all personally experienced and I think I think that's what happens is like this kind of general blanket gets chucked over people and we'll kind of everybody's put under that one umbrella um and we're all, everybody under that umbrella is very different. Um, and I think it's em- embracing those individualities and your own personality is what is what's going to make you succeed, I think, you know, rather than trying to sheep your way and be like everybody else. And yeah, it's a quick fire way to boredom for me personally. Uh, and I know it is mm-hmm. for you. So um, yeah, I yeah. think it's, um, yeah, I think it's just the power of your own personality is needs to be tapped into because it is the only thing that really makes you truly unique i think no that is right on the money man that is right on point because like you know i i think when you start living your life for someone else it just it becomes like a drag man like it is not fun it's not you you're just kind of just you know ticking boxes yeah i'm supposed to do this i'm supposed to do this but there's no you know there's no drive behind it it's like you're driving a car and your tank is about to you know the the tank is almost empty it's kind of like the same thing 
But, but so you you get out of you know getting your HND. What was the process of setting up Baby Giant? Um, well, I was, I was I was kind of working at the agency at the time, and the agency I was working at was winding down. They were going to go and do something else, and as I said, I was kind of dabbling tattoo art teaching and you know looking for other jobs within the design industry and going for interviews and not really getting anywhere um which is fine i'm all right with that um and it was kind of like it's it's one of those weird moments is i've always you know been quite driven you know like wanted you know from rugby lead to team leader you know i've always wanted to lead and lead my own thing and you know, I kind of, it was like one of those weird kind of things, like it's either now or never, you know, I was, wasn't was married, mm-hmm. no kids, no commitments. Um, and it was like, I either do this now or I probably never do it or I don't do it for another 15 years because what would have happened is I would have got into another job and stayed there for another five, seven, ten years and then I would have been almost this age, you know, and it kind of would have been like, obviously, like, um, things change, you know, family, marriage, kids, and all the rest of it, you know, your commitments change and all the rest of it. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. the baby giant was kind of like, it was like a off the cuff thing where it was like, I just chatted with my mate and we were like, should we try and start something together? (laughs) And it was, it was that, you know, and what we, we kind of said to ourselves, look, we'll give it, a couple of years um you know we're not going to get anywhere within a year and we're probably not going to get anywhere within two years but we can't just give it three months and then give up we've got to try and put some time in and see if we can get something happening um Mm. and he was like he was the same as me he was like yeah i think it's a kind of a now or never we either do it now or we don't do it so we both jumped in as i said like kind of got one client then got two I say then got five, then got ten, then got forty, hundred, two hundred, <laughs> you know. But again, that's like that is a that is a level. That's a that's a decade of a journey. That is. Um, You're right. I said, right, yeah, right. we didn't make. You know, we made some money, but not really. We weren't that comfortable after two or three years. Um, you know, but it was it was moving. You know, we were working from like rooms in our house there weren't that many overheads so it was kind of like Mm -hmm. we can keep going as long as we're making stuff making money and making stuff it will happen it will happen and then then after about yeah year four it just started to i think we just landed a really good project um Mm -hmm. was consistent monthly money coming in as well as like new projects dripping in and it was kind of like okay this is this kind of starting to happen and now yeah now it's turning away work <laughs> which is which mm. i thought would which i thought would never happen um <laughs> you know it's kind of like yeah as i said the the dream of like being self-sufficient is kind of now in like fruit like full fruition for for us and you know it's very exciting and you know it's allowing me to invest more time in like my personal yeah. brand you know the made by james man like writing the book and creating some logo courses and doing all this cool stuff that I've had bubbling away in my mind, but I knew it wasn't the time to do it. I was building the agency and, but the agency Mm -hmm. is in a lovely little place now, you know, it's making good money every year, growing every single year. And luckily even through COVID, you know, God bless it's grown this year, which is, which is a miracle, but fantastic. Um, um, I feel very Mm -hmm. blessed, but you know, I think it's, it's kind of like all that hard work and pain and perseverance kind of just pay, paying us back a little bit. So, um, right, yeah, right, it was kind right. of, as I say, it was just kind of like a random, like, we either do it now or we don't do it. And I'm glad we mm. did. <laughs> but if you, told, if you told me that a decade ago, I would have gone, sod this, mate, I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three things stood out for me. When you guys started, you were like, we're going to do it for two, three years, right? It wasn't like, well, you know, we'll just do it for six months, see. And that's yeah. something I find that most people, when they want to start something, they don't 
planned that far ahead. Yeah. So that's one thing that stood out for me. The other thing that stood out for me is something that lead me, kind of led me to one of the motivations, motivations made by James, and it's the one of FOSY, fear of saying yes, especially when you want to say no, because yeah. you mentioned like turning down jobs. And then the third thing that also came up for me is like, I, and this is something I find most creatives, you know, whatever they do, struggle with pricing what they do right because mm. especially when you're starting out so <laughs> i'm compressing all three into one and i'll, one, I'll, I'll like... work with you man you you can you compress <laughs> it and i'll put it back out there <laughs> okay so basically um how what what like what kind of experiences or what was the reason between you guys saying well do it kind of long haul rather than starting for six months whatever how did you come up with that idea one and then two like how do you kind of know when to say no you know what i'm saying yeah. like actually shit i'm not gonna do that fuck it i'm just gonna yeah. stay home with my family and then yeah. the third one is like when it comes to pricing what is your approach to it yeah okay i'll try and remember the first one uh so yeah so i mean i think i mean with anything um I mean, nothing happens overnight and, you know, unless you're extremely lucky or you win the lottery or something miraculous happens, nothing happens overnight. Um, and, I th and I think I truly believe that 90% of the people on the planet realise that. Um, and I think, you know, we knew that, you know, it's going to take us six months to even figure out who we are let alone <laughs> let alone who who our clients are so i think that is it just came down to planning you know so who do we want to be what kind of work do we want to do what kind of work are we doing you know what's our mission you know and all mm -hmm. these things take you know a website building a website getting our branding done you know well this takes three months to kind of get get ready and then you've got as i said like you kind of you know, where are we going to market? What are we going to do? So that takes you to six months. So before we've even blinked, six months are gone. So anybody that thinks that, you know, I, I've, I'm a big believer in giving things the time that they deserve. If you really, truly, truly, truly want to do something, you know, and I, I always like kind of bring it back to a career, you know, a career is generally, let's say 40 years long. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if, it, if you want a mm. career in something, why would you give up after six months? Yeah, this is something that I always struggle like, with, like young designers who I speak to and um, you know, young creatives. They're like, oh, I'm not getting any work. I want to give up and I'm not happy. And I'm like, so how long have you been doing it for? Four months. And I'm like, <laughs> fucking hell, dude. You know, come on. You know, and that, that's nothing. That's nothing. That's not being me being mean to them. That's just me. That, yeah. Th this idea of, you know, get rich quick, you know, oh, it's not work and do something else. You know, all the people that they look up to within the industry, they've been in the industry for almost 20 years, some 25, 30, 40, do you know what I mean? And, yeah, you know, yeah, you know yeah. even like the best, best, best designers, actors, <clears throat> musicians on the planet, they haven't been doing it for six months. And if they haven't made it, they're off. They've been like busting their ass, you know, you know, working their socks off to kind of get to where they are. And that doesn't happen overnight. It, takes, it also takes a lot of no's. Um, you get told no a lot or no, that doesn't fit within our budget or no, you're not good enough or no this or no that. And I think you just got to get through mm. all of those. So that's the answer to number one. Number two, <laughs> what was number two? Do you remember? Yeah, I do. Number two was, you know, uh, one of the motivation made by James, which is one of your fears is when if you're say saying no. yes, especially when to say no. Yeah, exactly. When to say no. Right. I've clocked. I'm, I'm, I'm on it again. I've absorbed it and I'm going to go again. So um, okay. when to say no. I mean, in the beginning of Baby Giant, I said yes to everything. You know, we needed the work. It was like, can you do web design? Yes. Can you do branding? Yes. Can you do packaging? Yes. Can you do a mural? Yes. Can you do this? Yes. Can you do... And basically, <laughs> it was just yes, 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 yes. Because I knew that if I yeah. or we couldn't personally do it together, I knew I'd be able to find somebody that could. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. so basically, if I can do it or my business partner, AD can do it, we acted as the middleman. So somebody would come to us, can you do this... 
you know, a 150-page brochure by in two weeks' time, if we are really busy, I would just say yes, get somebody in, get them to do that job. They would charge me, let's say, a 1,000. I would charge the client 2,000. I'm getting paid a thousand pound for project managing. So that actually really started to kind of really create this fantastic thing for us by accident. Like we became the go-to people for people to call. Do you know what I mean? Even if Mm. we couldn't do it, we would figure out a way to do it. So that was the early years of Baby Giant. Um, And that was purely out of necessity. That was purely to get your name out there do get work even it was work we didn't want to do we would still do it because we had bills to pay we had things to do you know we had stuff to invest in um Mm. so that was the early days of baby giant so nowadays it's it's very different um and the reason i think it's very different is because we know our worth now you know so when i say so there's two reasons to say no to a project for me. There's two reasons why I say no to a project. A, I can't fit it in my schedule. B, mm-hmm. the budget's not right. So I've got a very strict process. You know, I, you know, I'm still cranking out like eighty to hundred logos a year, and that is like max capacity to me. You know, because I've all I've also running a personal brand. I'm also writing books, running an agency, doing this, doing that. So all the logos get done through Baby Giant anyway, but there's also the day-to-day runnings of an agency. There's the emailing, there's the admin, there's the finance, yeah. mark, you know, you name it, it doesn't stop. So I know that that's my kind of limit where I feel happy, where I can kind of complete everything I need to complete. Um, Mm -hmm. so the reason I will say no is if I give somebody a price and they say, I can't work to your budget. And that's most of the time, unless it's for a charity or I get like a really, really, really good gut feeling about something, I will never drop my prices, uh, because I know Mm -hmm. the work that I create is going to create them lots of money so and really right, help them. Right, so it's, right, a great right. so it's not like me just drawing a picture putting on your wall what i'm creating you is going to make you money forever um right. so, you know, the, my prices are my prices and there's there's no wiggle room in that um mm. for example if somebody comes to me and goes so for example my time if, it, if it's done on my schedule it's done at my prices for example if somebody comes to me and goes james I know it's tight, but we need it for two weeks. We need it in two weeks' time. I've got a full deck of work. That's when it starts to get industry because it's now on their time, so it's double price. So, for example, right. if they if they need it as quickly as they need, I double yeah, my prices. Yeah. You know, and if for for double mm-hmm. my price, you know, I will happily work a few more extra hours on the weekend, a few extra hours in the evening because it's worth my while. Um, Mm -hmm. but that happens very rarely because, um, people don't like my prices doubled. (laughs) They don't like my prices. (laughs) Um, but you know, I think, you know, it kind of is what it is. Um, and I I think that's what it's kind of knowing your worth and knowing your clientele and knowing who you're marketing to, you know, so, you know, my logo prices aren't 20,000 pounds, but they're also not $20. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's very important to kind of stick to your guns, know, understand your process, know how long stuff takes you. This is kind of taking us, I suppose, into number three, the third like one. how, how yeah. to price. So, yeah, for me, it's like your your price is always dictated by your process. As I said, I've been kind of, you know, obviously originally it starts out like, what am I happy to make per hour? You know, how long does that job take me? So that's kind of, that's how much I should charge for that. But that only covers my time. So then there should be, well, I want to make some profit on my project. So it always kind of like as a, as kind of like a general rule, it kind of goes from, you know, hourly rate. That's an hourly rate that you're happy to work for, for the amount of time Mm -hmm. it's going to take. And then mm. that creates a number, and then I times that by twenty percent, and the twenty percent mm. is my profit, which goes straight in the bank. You know that profit just goes straight in the bank because I'm, get, I'm also getting covered for my time. 
So, right, um, right, right. so that's kind of like a very um, simple method for anybody, young creative who's trying to work and trying to make money and also trying to make a profit, you know, because you've got to, you've got to remember like computers, electricity, blah, blah, all these things cost money. So you've got to have all your time yeah. covered uh, and you obviously your, your bits and pieces covered. You know, I'm probably more on what you would call like a, like a value based, uh, based pricing at the moment. You know, I know the value I can bring um, and I know the value my work will create for that person. Um, so, you know, my, but I mean, it's still, I mean, it's still kind of generally done on hourly rate, but my hourly rate goes up every month, but the amount of time it takes me to do it stays the same. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. the value gets added on to my hourly rate. Um, you know, sometimes it will take me, a project might take me one hour. You know, sometimes a, an idea will just come straight into your head and you'll go, crikey, do a few sketches. You think, crikey, that's going to work. Blah, 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 blah. Knock it <laughs> up. Bing, bang, bosh, done. That happens. Sometimes yeah. it takes, you know, sometimes it takes a bit longer. Sometimes there's a few revisions. Um, you know, I allow yeah. for generally four revisions and all the rest of it. But, you know, I think it's just one of those one of those things that once you've got your process down, you know how long stuff takes. And as you kind of mm. grow into the industry and understand your space in the industry and understand what the work you're doing can do for that person, you know, it starts to be taken out of like what you would call an hourly rate scenario and becomes a more value-based proposition. Because, you know, mm -hmm. I can create a logo for somebody and tomorrow it'd be in front of, you know, across all platforms, like 2 million eyes, do you know what I mean? On like a yeah. reach thing per month. So that, that adds mm -hmm. value to them, you know, um, you know, and how much, you know, where's it going to be used? What's the, what, how's it going to increase their time? I mean, all of these things can start to play a role, but I think it's also really important to not overcomplicate pricing, you know, because what happens is delusions of grandeur happen. You know, like you've got some young kids charging 40K for a logo and they've only been designing for like a year, um, you know, because they've read something online or watched a tutorial or read it in a book. You know, I think it's, I think it's important to be patient with pricing. You know, my theory is yeah. if you're busy, your prices are about right, possibly too cheap. You know, if you've got absolutely soddle work in, your prices are too high, you know, and that's a, that's a really simple gauge for me. You know, I would prefer to be busy all year than stressing about getting my next project at triple my prices. You know, I've mm. always wanted to be accessible. I've always wanted to, to be working because the other advantage of be doing work is that you've got more work out in the world, you know, more people, more eyes seeing it. You know, the amount of people who goes, I saw this there, I saw this there, you did this for my friend. You know, I haven't pitched for work. I haven't advertised for work. You know, obviously I post on social media, but I haven't paid mm -hmm. for any advertising or marketing for about, oh, crikey, seven, eight years now. Um, and the work finds me, you know, through effort, <laughs> perseverance and sharing it on free platforms mm -hmm. like um, Instagram, YouTube, <clears throat> LinkedIn, all the rest of it. So, um yeah, I think I think money is. I mean, it, it comes back to where we started. Success. You know, what is what is success for me? My success for me is being busy, earning enough money, and having enough time to myself and my family and my friends. You know, and walking my dog in the morning and singing Coldplay with my brother. You know, I had to get one last one in. <laughs> um, oh my uh, god, James! Oh man, you set me up. You set me up. <laughs> I was reeling you in like a fishy there. Um, but I said, like, you know, happy, you know, happiness and success for me is, you know, working hard during the week. You know, eight to yeah. six, Monday to Friday, but weekends are mine. You know, I don't want to be fifty, sixty, thinking. Oh crikey! I've got way more money in the bank, but I've not travelled. I haven't met new people. I haven't spent time with the people I love. You know, for that, for me, you know, you only get one life. You know, well, as we know it, you know, we don't know mm -hmm. what goes on afterwards. But you know, why yeah. not 
find a balance where you know you don't need to earn millions and millions and millions of pounds if you want to do that go and do it you know that's not a problem but you know you can have a very happy life living off you know i know some extremely happy people who don't earn lots of money but they're the happiest people on the planet because their balance and their life and their mindset is you know they're happy living in the woods in a cabin you know living off the land you know and you know i think I don't, as I said, this is what happens when the success metric gets kind of all clouded, you know, figure out who you are, figure out what you want from life and then work towards that. And then you will be successful, you know, in your own eyes, because that's the only thing that matters. Right, right, right. I I, I love it. Um, Let's jump into the book. Uh, and you know it's coming out in November, but sure. if you pre-order it, you're going to get a video made by you, which I'm going to pre-order my own for sure. Uh, but like, let's talk about the book. What was the yeah. idea behind it? You know, and then the title made by James, the honest guide to creativity and logo design. Uh, yeah. When did the idea come up, and like, how is he making this book? Well, it was. It wasn't. It's hardcover too. I like that. I like that. I like that. <laughs> It is. It's a, I mean, it wasn't even an idea at the beginning of last year. Um, I oh, never wow. wanted to write a book. Well, I did want to write a book, but I never wanted to write a book yet. Um, but um, some publishers reached out to me literally as COVID hit, you know, and I thought it was like a big, a big joke. And they reached out to me and said, <laughs> we've been following you for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, um, you know, would you like to write a book? And I was like, hmm, this seems all a bit fishy to me. What's going on? Um, you know, because you know, that, that stuff doesn't happen. You know, it's kind of like, here's, you know, here's this great opportunity. You know, I said, I'm so used to having to work my butt off for stuff. You know, when mm. something like kind of lands like that, you kind of, always, I always doubt it. I always think it's not real until I, so I say, mm. start doing some research started looking up the company, looked up the email addresses, make sure it wasn't kind of some sort of crackpot joke that was going on. You know, everybody, everybody's yeah. laughing at me going, oh, James is falling for it. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, luckily enough, it wasn't. You know, so they reached out to me and said, what kind of book do you want to write? Um, mm. We want to retain your voice. We think you've got the right personality and we think you've got some really cool stuff to say and we think people need to hear it. Um, yeah. So I kind of, told them the kind of book I wanted to write um, and kind of went through the process of like interviews. You go through like five or six interviews, like editors, publishers, owners, all the rest of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, then got, you know, about eight weeks after the first call or first email, they were like, James, we want you to write a book. Uh, We're in. And like we obviously signed contracts and all the rest of it. But the book... The book for me, you know, I never, the book for me isn't about like blur my own trumpet telling you how awesome I am and how amazing mm. my work is throughout the whole book. Uh, you know, maybe there was one page on that, but you know, it's very small. Um, but you know, so basically what it is, I kind of wanted to make it, you know, I'm all about building stories and journeys. So it kind of goes from well, like all the way. So the book contains, <clears throat> basically it's the book I never had growing up as a creative. That's the way I've kind of fashioned it. So it's everything. So basically it starts off where I started my childhood, my education, everything we've chatted about here, you know, Mm -hmm. being very open and honest about what I've been through, you know, my past, my successes, my failures. Uh, And then it kind of goes into like the process of becoming a designer, the process Mm -hmm. of creating logo designs, you know, when it comes to, yeah, the process of, dealing with clients, the process of how to price, the process of remaining positive, the process of dealing with negative clients, the process of... So basically everything I have experienced as a designer and a logo designer, a business owner, um, I've put into this book, you know, and added loads of little tips. So, because I know all the stuff that I've gone through, there's thousands of people, if not tens of thousands of young creatives, creatives, old creatives, going through the same thing but there isn't as yet Mm. you know a book that they can basically i want it to be like their best friend in the good times and the bad you know if they're having a good time and they want to come up with some cool ideas 
there's loads of ways to create ideas, loads of yeah. logo ideas, fun illustrations, breakdowns, and all the rest of it, all my work. But you know, mm -hmm. if they're having struggles, if they're struggling with creative block, if they're struggling with imposter syndrome, if they've got a bad client or they're just feeling a bit down about where they are and where they need to be, you know, this book's also got something for them, you know, so it's, you know, whatever they're feeling, I want it to kind mm -hmm. of be like a book that they can go, oh, pick it up you know, James is here. Do you know what I mean? He, he can, he can help me, you know, he can help mm. me with this issue with a client, you know, he can help me deal with this, you know, or he can help me come up with this cool idea by doing a few techniques that he uses. And yeah, for me, it's just about kind of, you know, I've always been a big believer in like knowledge, you know, it can only be called knowledge if you share it. Do you know what I mean? So there's no point in it just staying in here. And like, you know, already, you know, I kind of, share my heart and soul on social media the good the bad and the ugly yeah. do you know what i mean so um you know and i think i think i think maybe the kind of industry is seeking a more honest voice i mean there are some fantastic honest voices within the community don't get me wrong but there are also a lot of people who only show you how awesome they are only show you how much money they make only show you how great their work is they don't show you all the failed stuff they only show you the stuff that they win with you know which creates right. this kind of you know false dichotomy of like oh my god he's almost <clears throat> he's always amazing he's never bad i mean why right. am i failing why am i failing when he's always good so that's that's why i always try and keep it pretty real you know share failed ideas share failed processes that get to the final idea you know share struggling to have kids with my wife you know through IVS share the abuse that I suffered when I was a, when I was 11 year old boy you know I think opening up about you know, all this stuff is probably maybe slightly more relatable and people realize that there's an actual human behind the work it's not just this kind of pristine portfolio of freaking bullshit you know whatever you want to call it i don't know it, it does sorry it does my head in some of it um you know I, I would just you know but i know it's also not you know i'm not saying everybody needs to go out onto social media and tell tell all their deepest darkest secrets and then um, run away mm. you know or you know because it's tough it's tough to share stuff but yeah i would just there are some people in influence online who i would just wish we're a little bit more honest with their audiences because it does create, you know, it does make people feel bad when they're telling people how awesome they are, how much money they make and how easy it is to be an entrepreneur, how easy it is to kind of, you know, I make, you know, 10 figures a year, you know, and you think, well, what did you make 10 years ago? You know, you're not telling us what you did 10 years ago when you might have been making nothing. You know, it's all about, you know, you know, the now, now, now. And I think, you know, sometimes it's important to stay in the now, I suppose. But, you know, yeah, for me, it's just about sharing. Sharing's caring. There you go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know what? I want to say, James, thank you so much for sharing your time and your knowledge and all these experiences. So I also need to, you know, be respectful of your time because you have this pocket so i'm gonna let you go with this one though one cool. of the things that um um you know you you on the on the page where there's a page on your website made by james.co where you can go order the book um you know and i'm there i, I did my pre-order you know and then you can put in there get a free video with your order number it's all set yeah. but one of the things that stood out for me is like you know you gave some things i can read from you know some of the topics that are covered in in the book yeah and i'm gonna let you go with this one though uh it's actually the last one too surrounding yourself with the right people yeah. how do you choose the right people how do you define the right people and how do you i guess make the environment conducive enough for them to want to be around you <sighs> a lot of trial and error <laughs> um, no I, I think I think over time as you grow up I mean you'll know it's just like me you kind of you know when you grow up you kind of I mean peer pressure is a big thing you get into a group of friends and they might not necessarily be the right 
people for you. And I think as you grow up, you start to, you know, start to, I mean, I'm a big believer in hanging around with driven, positive, happy people. Because if I spend more time with happy, driven, positive people, they're going to make me happy, positive and driven. If I spend time with negative, miserable, lazy people, that's going to rub off on me too. So... I'm very careful about the people I spend time with and, I, and who I spend most time, most of my time with. Um, you know, mm. I was I was always taught, you know, you should always surround yourself with these three people. Somebody, somebody you can learn from, somebody that you can teach, and somebody that's on your level because you'll always be learning that way. So somebody that you can learn from, somebody that you can teach, and somebody that's on your level. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, you know, you'll always be growing that way. And that's always a great way, you know, so I'm always looking for, like, mentors, you know, especially with, like, online. You, know, you always, like, you know, you can absorb people's energy by just following them on Instagram or reading their books, you know. You know, obviously, there's people I teach, so I'm trying to teach people through YouTube and all the rest of it. So I've got that covered, and I've got a lot of friends who are at the same stage of business um, and all the rest of it. Um, and then, so are you still there? I'm right here. I'm right here. Yeah, you've gone. It says you've been disabled due to internet quality issues. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> he does that sometimes. I'm right. Oh, here. that's right. No worries. <laughs> so yeah, those are the three people. Um, and then basically, so when it comes to like friends and stuff, as I said, like I surrounded myself with a very bad, I don't think individually when I was younger, that it was a bad, we were a bad group of people, but when we were together, so sorry, individually we weren't bad people, but when we got together, we spurred each other on to be massive twats, do you know what I mean? And massive idiots, so which, um, so that probably wasn't a good thing. So, I mean, choosing the right people, yeah. I mean, I just, you know, if you... Basically, if you look forward to seeing these people, if you look, if you miss them or you miss their energy, then they're mm. definitely the people that you need to be spending more time with. Um, you know, COVID's obviously been a massive knobhead uh, to us all, so we can't go and see all of our loved ones, friends as much as we used to. And I'm definitely mm. feeling that, you know, but I try and keep on, keep on. We have video calls and all the rest of it. Um, but, you know, it's... I know that once lockdown is gone, I know where I'm going to go. Do you know what I mean? And I also know where I'm not going to go. <laughs> so, right, and I right, think it's, right, I think right, it's just, right. I think it's just, I mean, it's not about being nasty or cutting people out, but it's the amount of time you should spend with these people. Because I know that there's, we've all got some friends that we've had forever and they might not be the, the nicest person they might be nice to you but they might not be nice to other people they might not you know follow your ideas and your thoughts and you know they might not be as driven as you but they're they've been in your life so long that you know you can't it's like an old dog that you can't really put them down mm. you've got to kind of stay yeah. with them you know because you know they're, they're family you know um but mm-hmm. what i would do is you know you can just choose to spend slightly less time with them and more time with people that you do, you know, I mean, we've all been there. We'll go out with a certain group of people and we're like, God, I cannot wait till we do that again. The energy was awesome. But there'll also be people where you kind of go, yeah, do you know what? I could give that another couple of months until I see them. It was fun, but, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I'm kind of happy. <laughs> I'm happy being mm-hmm. home kind of thing. Right, so right, I think right, as soon right, as you, right. I mean, your gut will tell you what's right and what's wrong. Um, mm. And you just got to follow it, you know. And as I said, like, Try and surround yourself with the people that you feel are, are most like you. I say, if you are sporty, you know, and driven and generally happy, try and surround yourself with sporty, happy people. Because it all comes down to what you do. You know, we kind of absorb to our tribe. You know, you know, I'm not going to suddenly go and hang out with a load of lawyers or doctors because we would have fuck all to say. Do you know what I mean? But right, I know right, a lot right, of. Right, I know, right. I know a lot of nice lawyers and doctors but i wouldn't spend all my time with them you know i spend my mm. time with driven happy positive but i mean that's the most thing like the most special thing for me is the positivity you know is something that i seek out in people you know always looking at the brighter side always happy always smiling you know because that energy is oh it's powerful very powerful right right
right you know and the energy you brought to the show today has been so powerful starting with your brother um but i i, I gotta read okay, the same for you mate <laughs> But one of the, you know, one of the motivational posts you have on your Instagram is, I mean, I love a lot of them. I keep, I keep bringing them up, but the one I'm going to let you go on is this one. You have to, you know, it's like a cross on one side is don't be the reason. And then the other one is be the reason. So don't be the reason someone does not share the work. Be the reason someone is empowered to share their ideas don't be the reason someone tells someone feels they're not good enough uh, and then be the reason someone feels good about themselves uh, don't be the reason someone gives up their creative passion be the reason someone strives to be all they can be you know if you're not brave enough to share your own work you have no right to leave negative comments on the work of others show up or shut up yeah. i love that and like you know made by james is everywhere youtube instagram your website is .co. um thank you so much for coming to the sanctuary and for sharing all this knowledge and tell your brother that you know <laughs> he, he featured on the episode today for sure <laughs> we should do you should do one with him it'd be hilarious i i wouldn't be able to i wouldn't be able to <laughs> <laughs> mate it's been a pleasure thanks for having me Thank you, man. I can't wait for the book. November can come early enough because I put my order in. And like, you know, uh, people watching or listening, you can put your order in. You're going to get a video. And another thing I forgot to say is to subscribe to your newsletter. It's not just for people that design or create. It's like people that want to learn, people that want to grow. And like your newsletter is dope. Dope. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it usually drops every Monday. I had this Monday off because it was... Um it was uh easter holidays here but i'll be back on it every monday and i'm always trying to drop something in this brain that just comes out as it comes out so um it's always fun <laughs> yeah sure. yeah it is it is it is it is thanks so much james thanks buddy